I don't know that I'm going to be very long today. I know that it's hot outside and you have your umbrellas. I don't know that I'm going to be long at all. It's hot outside and that McDonald's sign across the street is kind of getting my temptation that way. So y'all pray for me. But, 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 but I want you to know that I don't exactly know that I have an eloquent message for you today. I don't know whether or not I have a grasp of the direction of dictation that would lead every single one of you under the sound of my voice into deeper spiritual understanding. So I just want to take a moment before anything, Solomon, if you could turn me up. I just want to take a moment before I say anything just to apologize for those that came out here today or may be listening on the peripheral of this setting who came solely for spiritual sensationalism or thought-provoking points or or simply just an immersion in a one-time experience. Because the simplicity of what I have to say isn't just for a one-time experience. It's for a lifetime experience. It's for a lifetime experience. It's for a lifetime experience. What, what I believe I'm going to, to say today has nothing to do with you just leaving here feeling good about yourself, feeling like you had a, a, a moment, but something that would totally and completely transform your life. The same simplicity that has been the echo, the very mantra, the very cadence of restoration, redemption, and salvation for over 2,000 years. The same simplicity that has been prepared and planned and planted just for me. Just for me. Somebody look at a neighbor real quickly. Just say, just for me. Just for me. Come on, y'all can get a louder, louder than that. Just say, just for me. Just for me. You would ask me what it is I'm really talking about. I know I might have sounded a little dynamic in that first moment. What is it that you're talking about, Brett? What, what, what is the simplicity of what it is that you're trying to say? Well, would you guys want to go on a journey with me real quickly? I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but can, can we take a journey real quickly? I want to go to the third chapter of John. Are y'all ready? You got to make some noise. I said, are you ready to go on a quick journey with me? All right, all right, all right. Let's go to the third chapter of John real quickly. I want, you to, I want you to really experience what's happening in this portion of text because it's so critical, it's so crucial to what changed and altered the path of mankind. This simplicity, this truth. Did you see that? In the text, Nicodemus is running in the night. Nicodemus, the Pharisee, the, the religious leader, the religious teacher, can you see him running as he's curious about what took place the day before? He just watched Jesus work a miracle. And the Pharisees, because he was so controversial, they were trying to rid themselves of the presence of Jesus. They were trying to rid themselves of what Jesus stood for and what he was. But Nicodemus was piqued in his curiosity. Nicodemus saw something differently than the other Pharisees. Nicodemus, if you would break it down and, and look at the Greek words, Nike, Nike spelled N-I-K-E, the same way that we spell Nike, means victory. I would dare to tell somebody if you're wearing Nikes out here today that you might just be walking in victory. I just, I would dare to tell you you might be walking in victory. Nike means victory. Demos means people or of the common people. And so isn't it funny that we see Jesus sitting down with the victory of the common people, this one who was provoked to ask some questions, this one who was provoked to find out more about Jesus in secret. 
He's curiously coming to see controversy. That's a word for somebody. He's curiously coming to see controversy. He coming to see Jesus, God in the flesh, God who came out of divinity, uh, God who, who, who filled the very heavens of heavens. God is like trying to take the Atlantic Ocean and pouring it into a red solo cup. He completely is larger than time, space, and all matter God. The God that consumes all heaven and earth. He comes and he wants to see what it is about this Jesus. And God is so much God that he's willing enough to humble himself, to take himself out of time, to take himself out of eternity, confine himself to the confines of time, and come down and have a conversation with somebody named, Bre I mean, Nicodemus. He, he decides to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, a personal interaction, a personal encounter with every single one of you under the sound of my voice. Is there anybody here that has ever had an experience with Jesus Christ, with God, you didn't know exactly what was going on. You don't really know exactly the whole logistic behind everything that happened, but it piqued your curiosity. It, you, you, you wanted to know more about who this Jesus was. Nicodemus saw this miracle and he was drawn to Jesus. He comes to Jesus and he begins to ask his series of questions. He begins to provoke the mind of Jesus. And as they're going back and forth in, in discourse and dialogue, he begins to utter the statement that we hear commonly quoted around the world in the church. One of the verses that everybody in the world can quote without any kind of apology, without any stumbling. I want us to eavesdrop in on this conversation for just a moment. What Nicodemus was talking about with Jesus. Jesus is explaining everything that he's talking about. He's talking about what it means to be born again. He's talking about what it means to be saved. And in John 3 and 16, the gospel truth is uttered for the first time. For God so loved the world, not, not, not the preacher, not the prelate, not the perfect, not the pretending to be perfect, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him should not perish, but they'll have everlasting life. That's the gospel. That's, that's the gospel. And sometimes I fear, saints, that we neglect to really think about what it is that God really does for us specifically in mind. He allows the right amount of oxygen to fill our lungs every single morning that inflates our chest and gives us breath to see a brand new day. He watches us from moment to moment until we get back to our home, keeping us from every danger, incident, and accident. He allows our steps to be ordered to be with the right people at the right places at the right times. God has you in mind. God has you in mind. He moves specifically even to the ultimate sacrifice that he paid on the cross for every single one of our sins. Our sins. Our sin. I want to make sure I say it loudly because I don't want to be looked at like I'm somebody that hasn't sinned before in my life. The Bible declares this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the very glory of God. There's not a person in this circumference, in this place, in this radius, watching by live stream that has not fallen short of God's grace, of his mercy, of his kindness. 
There's not a person here who hasn't missed the mark, who hasn't missed the mark, who hasn't been far away from what the desire, the original plan, the original intent of God was for our lives. Not a person here. Not a person here. Not a person here has ever can say that they haven't gone astray. If I were to take you on a journey really quickly, even into John the 8th chapter, just a few chapters over, you would see a, 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 a woman who fell short. A woman that wasn't living righteously. A woman who was less than perfect. A woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. A woman who wasn't in her proper place in the right time. Can I tell the story for a second? I hope y'all aren't too hot out there. Jesus, Jesus, he's, 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 he's teaching in the temple during the Feast of Tabernacles. And in the middle of him teaching, in the middle of him explaining, in the middle of him giving his explanations, a woman is brought in by the Pharisees. These same Pharisees, these same religious leaders, these same hypocrites, they're able to quote scripture well, but they don't live scripture well. These Pharisees find a woman who is caught in the very act of adultery and they bring her to Jesus. These Pharisees, like I said before, are trying to stop Jesus, are trying to hinder Jesus because it seems that all of the attention is being taken off of their religious posture, their religious uh, exemplation, their religious idolization by the people and now being transferred on to what it means to be in a real relationship with Jesus Christ. They bring this woman that is caught in the very act of adultery and they begin to challenge Jesus to see what he would say, to see what it is that he would do. I know many of us out here may not be able to say that I necessarily committed physical adultery, but if we look really closely at our lives, I believe that we can all say that we might have committed adultery in other ways. We didn't give our attention to God the way that he wanted us to give him our attention. We didn't think about God the way that he thinks about us. We weren't always constant in doing his will, his plan, his pleasures. We are all spiritual adulterers. We're all spiritual adulterers. And so this woman is brought in and the Pharisees begin to ask and they explain that this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. And they say that the law says that we should stone this woman. She should die. She should be suffering for what it is that she did in her life. Jesus is over here and he's not paying the woman any attention. Stooping down. And he's just drawing in the sand. Drawing in the sand. Because, because you see, religion wants to point out everything that you did. But when the answer is with you, when the answer is with you, 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 you don't have to really worry about what it is that people are barking about. Jesus, he's drawing in the sand. And the Pharisees, they begin to keep provoking him. Did you hear what we said? This woman was caught naked in the act of adultery. She was caught red-handed. She was caught Without any kind of compromising thought, she was caught. We saw her doing it. She deserves to die. She deserves to die. Jesus finally looks up, lifts up his head, and he begins to play the same game that they're trying to play on him. They say, he says, he says, he says, well, that's fine. You, you're right. She, she did adulterous. You know, she, she was doing what she was doing. She was in the middle of doing her business. You're absolutely right. 
she deserves to die. But you who are without sin, you be the first one to cast the stone. You who are the one that are standing perfect. You are the one that are standing completely righteously. You who don't have any blemish, spot, or wrinkle. If you're going to kill her, kill her right. Kill her because she deserves to die and not yourself. The Bible goes on to say that after these words are uttered from Jesus' mouth, that beginning from the eldest down to the youngest of the Pharisees that were there, these men who have matriculated through the law, these men who have studied the law, these men who should have known better, begin to drop the very rocks that they brought to kill this woman, to take this woman out of here. Religion does that. Religion is the one that tells you that you're going to hell for the very thing that you've done. Religion is the one that criticizes you. Religion is the one that ostracizes you. Religion is the one that holds you accountable. Religion does that. But, but, but relationship. When you're in relationship with somebody, there are benefits in relationship that you don't get by being linked up to religion. When you're in relationship with somebody, there's, there's benefits that you can grab from, that you can pull from. Because when you're in relationship, you have to understand that relationship is a choice. Relationship is a choice. You don't go into relationship by being forced to be in relationship, but your heart is so inclined to somebody that you decide to walk with that person and talk with that person and stand by that person through the good times, through the bad times, through the rough and through the rigid. You decide to stand beside that person. Jesus wants a relationship. Jesus wants a relationship. And so these men, they drop their rocks and they walk away. And if I read the text right, if I read the text right, if I read the text right, the woman is standing. The woman is, read the text. The woman is standing. Jesus is crouched on the ground. Jesus looks up at the woman and says, woman, where are your accusers? Where are the people that had the right? Where are the people that came and told me what you deserve? Where are the people now? That they had to take an introspective look at themselves before they could do anything to you. Where are the people now? She says, there's nobody here, Lord. Jesus said, neither do I accuse you. Neither, neither do I accuse you. I have the right to do what is deserving by the law. I have the right to cast a stone, I have the right, but Jesus makes a choice that I love you so much that in spite of your sin, in spite of your mistake, in spite of your mishap, in spite of your falling, I'm gonna let you go. You see, that, that, that's what relationship does, is that it gives us the things that we don't deserve. When you really love somebody, it gives them the things that we really don't deserve. This woman now goes free. This woman is now set out for a better life. This woman is now moving into her purpose. But the Bible says, Jesus says, you have to go, but you have to sin not. You see, when we get loose from sin, when we get loose from the shame of sin, sometimes because it's the only thing that we know, we want to go back. We want to go back to what's comfortable. We want to go back to what bound us up. But you have to understand that this freedom wasn't meant for you to just get free today. On this Sunday, it wasn't just meant for you to be free for this moment, but it was meant to release you into the purpose that God has for your very life. 
It was meant to loose you from the shackles, from the chains, from the bondage, from the addictions. That was meant to set you free into the rest of your life. Jesus says, go and sin no more. The price that she was well deserving of because of her actions, habits, and practices. Jesus said, I got you. I got you. I don't know if you've ever been out to dinner with somebody and you had a real expensive bill and you knew that you were running up that bill. You knew you were ordering the lobster and the crab puffs and everything else that was on the menu. But when somebody loves you, when somebody really cares about you, sometimes at the end of what you deserve to pay, they'll step in and pay for you. Do I have a witness in here today? That I know that I ate everything that I ate. I know that I deserve to pay the price. I know that I deserve to be the one that has to swipe my card and, and pay for everything. But I don't have the ability to do it without dying, without completely being uh, cast away and cast aside. Jesus, God in the flesh who had the ability to come back even after paying for our sins, took the price for every single one of us. I'm closing. I'm, I'm done. I just want to tell you all the truth. I just want to tell you all the truth today. Even live stream, I know, I don't know which camera I'm looking at today, but, 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 but I want to tell you the truth is that while I was in my own sins, yes, me, Brett, Brett Williams, while I was in my own sins, when I wasn't thinking about stopping about sinning, when I wasn't stopping to think about even changing my direction, when I was enjoying where I was, sin is enjoyable. Is there a witness in here? When you're doing what you want to do, it's not that it's not fun, it's just not right. I wasn't thinking about stopping or changing. But Jesus stepped in on my behalf. The Bible declares this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. While we were yet sinners, while we weren't trying to make a conscious choice to stop, while we were doing what we wanted to do, we were on a certain wave that wasn't his wave. Jesus made the choice that I'm so in love with you that even if you don't choose me, even if you don't look back into my face, even if you don't ever acknowledge me, I just want you to know that I'm in love with you. I just want you to know that I care about you. I just want you to know that I see greater in you than you see in yourself. I just want you to know that I love you that I love you Jesus wants to be in a real relationship with you Jesus Christ wants to be in a real relationship with you I don't know how many of you are out here today and 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 and, and you're tired of the fakeness you're tired of playing religiosity you're tired of being postured you're tired of the religious wranglings of being saved on a Sunday, but then when I hit Wednesday and somebody cuts me off on the highway, I'm completely different. My character, my mentality, my words are different. I don't know how many of you that are listening, even on the peripheral with the doors open in the businesses, are tired of being addicted, are tired of being bound, are tired of having confusion in your mind, living in your mind, being in prison in your mind. I don't know how many of you are tired Tired of not having the real thing. Tired of not having the right experience. Tired of not experiencing the power and the presence of God in your life. Tired of it. Jesus Christ wants to give you a real relationship. Jesus Christ wants to be in a real relationship. But like I said earlier, relationships aren't real unless you choose it. 
Relationships are not real unless you make the conscious choice. He's not going to make you a robot. He's not going to force you to love him. He's not going to force you to acknowledge him. You have to look and see the sacrifice that Jesus made on the very cross just for you. When he was whipped, when he was beaten, when he was beaten, and when he was misused, and, and he did it with every single step with you in mind. Suffering with you in mind being humiliated with you in mind, hanging, being stretched on the cross with you in mind, with me in mind, just for me, just for me. So today I, I have the charge, I have the, the responsibility of letting you know that Jesus Christ did it just for you specifically for you. If there was not another person on this earth, that there was nobody else to look at, to turn to, Jesus Christ is so in love with you. He sees you greater than you see yourself. You don't even understand the potential that God has invested inside of you. You are his image and his likeness. Jesus Christ died just for you. Why would you stay beneath your privilege? Why would you stay beneath what he's called you to be? Why would you stay bound? Why would you waste the rest of your days not in the place and position that God has called you to be in? He's called us to rest with him in heavenly places. Sometimes we, we, we make our own choices to make temporary decisions that put us too low. Jesus Christ did it just for you just for you and so I'm gonna make this admonition we're, we're, we're out of here but we're gonna fish today we're, we're gonna fish today if there's anybody under the sound of my voice or even watching my live stream that understand that Jesus Christ came and paid the price just for you if there wasn't another soul if there wasn't another person if there wasn't another vessel you would be the most important thing in his life you would be the very most important thing in his life I want you at this time to think, every single one of us think, close our eyes, imagine Jesus on the cross looking down after being beaten, after being nailed into the rugged cross and looking down at you and saying, I did this just for you. Just for you. If there's anybody under the sound of my voice today that wants to give their life to Jesus Christ, that's ready to make a commitment to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, the altar is open now. The altar is open right now, right now, right now, right now, right here in this place, in this moment. You are able to make a decision that will shape the very destiny of the rest of your life by joining your life in a relationship with Jesus Christ. By allowing him to show you who you really are. By allowing him to remind you that you're loved while other people might have cast you away and downplayed you. Jesus Christ says, I'll walk with you even if you stumble and you fall, even if you have to get back up a thousand times, I'll still be with you. I'm willing to make a commitment to you, but are you willing to make a commitment to me? Will you keep your eyes on me? Will you trust me with your whole entire life, knowing that I know better for you than you'll ever know for yourself? I've already seen your end from the very beginning. Will you trust me with your life? Every person under the sound of my voice, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to count to three. If your eyes are closed, if your eyes are closed, if your eyes are closed, and you hear Jesus calling you, you hear him calling you back to repentance, calling you back to relationship, calling you back to a genuine connection with him.
At the count of three, I just want you to run down to this altar. I don't want you to think twice. I don't want you to prolong your thoughts. I don't want you to give place to the enemy because this is the best and most important decision that you'll make in your life. One. Two. Three. Come on, run. Run, 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 run. Don't stay where you are. This is the moment for change. This is the moment for deliverance. This is the moment for healing. This is the moment. This is the moment. This is the moment. Is there one? Is there one? Come on. Come on. Jesus is waiting. Jesus is here ready to take you back into his bosom. Ready to remind you of his love. Ready to restore you. Ready to redeem you. Ready to salvage you. Come on. Run, run, run. You don't have to stay where you are anymore. You don't have to be broken anymore. You don't have to be confused anymore. You don't have to stay in the broken state that you're in. Come on, come on, come on, run, run, run now, run now, run now. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together for these that have come today? Can we put our hands together for these that have come today? Days. 
in the name of Jesus Christ, all the people of God would say amen and amen. Come on, can we give God a shout of praise for those who have committed their lives back to Christ, even watching my live stream? Today is the best day of the rest of your life. You don't even understand that the decision that you just made just set the trajectory of victory. I know that we were talking about victory earlier with Nike Demas, but I just want you to understand that there's victory for you now, that there's promise for you now, that there's healing for you now, that there's restoration for you now, that everything that should have been is now going to be covered under the blood of Jesus because you made a decision to follow him, because you made a decision to trust in him. The next step after this is that you have to become a disciple. You have to follow him. You have to be a student of his word. You have to spend time with him. I remember hearing Bishop Wyman saying that the only way to truly know who God is is to know who he was because he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so we have to become students. See what God did. See how God moved. See how God provided. See how God protected. And I rest assure you that he's going to be the same exact God that he was back then, right here in 2021. Everybody put your hands together and give God another shout of praise. At this time, our ministers are going to lead those who have committed their lives back to Christ or even just needed prayer back into the lower uh, uh, section here. They would just want to talk with you. Come on, give God a shout of praise for these who have made a decision to follow after Jesus Christ one more time. We're going to get your information. We're going to keep in contact with you. If you're watching by live stream, we just want you to type, I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer. No emojis, no symbols. And our ministerial staff here, even as they're getting in contact with those that are physically out here, we want to get in contact with you. We want to make sure that you understand that we're walking alongside you, that we're here to help you grow and mature in the things of God. Is anybody grateful for this day today? Is anybody grateful that God came and did it just for you, just for you, just for you? Hallelujah.